if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going on Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello and welcome to Get Schooled with Marcella Alonzo. Today, my guest is Lily Bell. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so Thank glad you. to have you. I remember I interviewed you. Let me see what year it was. Hold on. I think it was Exotica, New Jersey, 2021. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. you were very, very professional. I had a good experience uh chatting with you the brief moment mm-hmm. I and I had like I felt this great energy oh thank you I I'm appreciate glad that. I've got you on and uh we all know who you are and um because I'm trying to do the series the human side of the adult industry and um Lily, where exactly you're from uh Portland I am well I so most of my adult life was in Portland but I grew up in Beaverton Oregon so about a a suburb like 20 minutes away from Portland oh okay okay so Portland is because I'm from the east coast but I did live 10 years um okay so you're right like like, I'm where uh, the Nike headquarter campus is so that's like where all Nike shoes come from is like Beaverton, Oregon. And then the main city, like where people fly into is Portland. And that's about 20 minutes out. And that's the main, main uh, city where there's like downtowns and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And so when you got into the entertainment business, first you started off like camming and stuff. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I started camming, uh, first camming, then stripping, um, and then Sugar Baby for a little bit as well. And then I came here and I just full-fledged started doing mainstream. And yeah, just haven't looked back. So what were your activities when you lived in uh, Oregon, like opposed to when you then moved to L.A.? Like, how was your life then? Um. Well, I so I, I hike a lot here, but in uh-huh. Oregon, hiking was a lot different. Like, it was just so much better. It's really green. It's really lush. Um. I just really miss hiking in Oregon a lot because there's like the gorge that you can go to and there's so many hikes that you can do and there's waterfalls and um, yeah. So I really, it's not so dry. Like LA is very dry. No, it's not dry at all. It's, it's very much like twilight. If you're familiar with that movie, it's, it's very like that. Yeah. Very green. Very green. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Like waterfalls and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's so many waterfalls and, um, big, big, big pine trees. I got this, uh, tree tattoo cause it's, uh, the state tree uh-huh. of Oregon. It's a Douglas fir. So 
Yeah. Oh, nice. No, when I lived in LA, like that's what I miss about um, Los Angeles is quite a few times a week I would go hiking and it, it just clears my mind. I get exercise and then you see the, uh, what was the places I went? Um, uh, Runyon Canyon to me was too commercialized. That's how I feel. I like hikes in Malibu. I think hiking in Malibu. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's some beautiful spots in Malibu, but what's the one when um, Coldwater Canyon, God, what's it called over there? I remember hiking over there and I saw Ellen and Portia one time. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And they were just walking and my older daughter's like, and I text her and she goes, really, really? Um, but yeah. yeah all the uh, housewives go over there. The least, yeah, what's her name? The one with the big lips that was on. Lisa Renna. Yeah, yeah, I've Lisa. seen her there and her family. Oh, really? Yeah. I, lose it. I love her. She's not part of the series this year and I'm really bummed. It's not the same without her. <laughs> I really oh, miss her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I love her. <laughs> oh, I've seen her hiking there. Um, with her, I think it was her daughters. What's the? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think. Coldwater Canyon. I know What's what you're talking about. I just I can't recall. I can see like because it has like a little um title in front of it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then I have gotten lost in that area. Like, got, not really? lost physically, but um, there's like certain turns because I, when I got into hiking in LA, like I took it serious. I belonged to a hiking group. I had the, oh, wow. sho the shoes. I took it so serious and hiking um, because it was like a form of meditation exercise, clearing your mind oh, yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was so nature. And then now um, originally from the East coast and I've lived in Florida and Florida this growing up in Florida was flat Mm -hmm. and yeah there's the beach but it was just flat there and there's mosquitoes so it's nothing yeah. like on the west coast that beautiful hike the serenity the the just mm -hmm. that that beautiful nature and stuff like that and then I used to use do you use all trails I'm looking at <laughs> yeah I mean I no, I I just looked it up on Google I've been a hiker my whole life because growing up in Oregon we're always hiking and so or camping or going to a lake or like doing things like that and then I've hiked in like Lake Tahoe area I've hiked in Utah um I've hiked in Canada I've hiked wow. in a lot of places yeah and can't, we're, we're in Canada um I hiked in uh whatchamacallit Vancouver Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, right on the, the yeah. Oh, yeah. I pulled up all trails now, just talking to you because I it's it's reminiscing back <laughs> when people probably listening to this podcast like, what the hell is she talking about so much of uh hiking? But I'm like, <laughs> you don't understand. I miss it over here, especially when it's like 39 degrees. I do uh, love New York, though. I, I have some friends over there that I really enjoy seeing. And um, New York's a special place. I don't know about living there, but my mom, she always wanted me to be like living in a small apartment with a bunch of girls and trying out for Broadway. That's like something she always wanted for me. And it's like, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> yes, I'm a mom to a 19 year old and I want her to be in college traveling and she's turned into more of a homebody than anything else. Oh, and yeah. So, so I understand. Yeah, because you you know what it is. Um, did your mom have you at a young age or she had kids young? No, she did not. She had me when she was older. She had me when she was like in her 30s. Yeah. Oh, OK. I know for me, I had kids like very early and mm -hmm. I just want my daughter to experience things that I didn't experience. Right. Or maybe your mom experience. You want your kids like coming from like a, a, 
an older person's perspective you want when you once you have kids it's weird you want them to see all of the life and enjoy stuff mm-hmm. that you I think my mom sees that I mean she's bummed that I didn't go to college that was an issue in our household mm-hmm. um I think she also realizes too that like you know, college isn't just the time period that it was. If I wanted to go back to school right now, I can, you know, at any moment I could do that. I think um, she was very much like that traditional American household. Like my, my dad and her, they're both in Greek life. You know, my whole family was in Greek life. Everybody was like, for work, what are you like? It's, it's very much at like holiday traditions. Like how is your work going? How is school going? How is, and so like when I did what I did, it was like a big, uh, you know, a thing because, you know, um, that's not how my family is. So, yeah. Oh, I get but it. I-, I get it. I'm, I, I'm the one with the least education in my family mm-hmm. and, but I'm the only one not asking to borrow any money. <laughs> so that, and that's where the validity of validity of my job comes from, because for a while there, my mom, you know, was hesitant when people would be like, oh, well, is Lily safe? You know, is she okay? And then eventually my mom realized that my job was real and that I'm making money and that I help family out. And so she's kind of like, okay. And so she, when people ask her what I do now, she says it with her chest. She doesn't hesitate. She doesn't leave room for people to, you know, wedge in these questions of insecurity and doubt. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud of her for that because it's come it's come a long way. It's been, you know, five years of that. And I'm very lucky because I see people that will never have that with their family. So, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I I used to tell my mother everything until she did one thing that upset me. And I had to tell my cousin this recently. Um when I stripped, I was getting t-shirts from various clubs. I used to dance around Florida and Uh um, my mom's like, Oh, I need, give me the t-shirts. Give me the t-shirts. I need them. I'll sleep with them. And you know, I want the shirts, whatever. And I was like, okay, here, here's, you know, like I would work at various clubs. So I gave her the club. Uh I come home, I drive up and, and the neighbor to the left has one strip club. The neighbor to the right is walking up and has the other strip club. And then that's when I realized my mom's a little bit too proud of me being a stripper. Oh my God. That's and I hilarious. like, so, so then at that point I was like, okay, I'm not telling this woman every little place. Cause I would tell her like, oh, I'm going to work at this place. And then I would, I have yeah. down in Miami and um, I had to tell because I'm male cousins. And so they wouldn't walk into the club. Right. Uh, I had to tell uh, a relative. So, you know, to save that embarrassment, but, I kind of uh, stopped at one point mm-hmm. and then recently telling my uncle, like I go, I do podcasts. He goes, what podcast? What is it? Can I listen? And I was like, no, like Joe Rogan. He goes, you know, I was listening to Joe Rogan. I didn't, I guess, no, I go, it's similar. Like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. it's, it's, I get what you're saying. That's very um, good. Your mom you know, is coming from a good place because it's just hard. People don't understand like uh, what we go through. Yeah. With family and everything. You know what I'm saying? It's a big, big choice. It follows you forever. Um, Yes. It's never something to take lightly. It's, you know, it's more than just, oh, you'll have something on the internet forever. It's different than that. You, it, it really is something that you will, if you ever have a partner, if you're ever, close with someone if anything it will follow you for life right and 
I think yeah. that that's important that some people need to understand. I didn't really understand that until my frontal lobe was developed and I still didn't understand it. So at 25, I, I still was just going balls to the wall. When, when I really understood that like this was going to follow me for life, even though I heard that all the time was uh, after that woman made that YouTube video about me. Like I, I was mm. telling you before. And I just remember being like, okay, um, yeah, this is real. Like these types of things are going to happen. And I don't know why I was so like naive five years in. I'm like, oh, and now that's, yeah. It's like, I always knew that. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Very odd. When the trolls come through. Yeah. And I've had trolls in many ways, like death threats or people being rude or talking about my body or, you know, that. But this, the video that was made was different. It it hit me in a different way than all those trolls. So, yeah. Because it was, you said, because it was another female that, and that that surprises Mm -hmm. me because, well, I'll say one thing, as long as I've been in this business um, and I'm older now, I, it's very hard for me to have square friends around me. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult. People that yeah. are not in the industry, it is so difficult to maintain those. And it's kind of a lonely way. And the reason being, you might, I don't know, what do we describe this? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I mean, I know we're not supposed to talk about relationships too much, but just in general, I mean, uh, it's it's a tough thing as well, you know, not just putting, you know, it's it's kind of like, put it, I feel like I'm putting my mom through something as well. And then if I'm in a relationship with someone that isn't in my world, I also mm-hmm. feel like I'm putting them through something. Like recently, I just started seeing this guy. And um, I'm realizing, even though I did have a relationship while I was in porn, he was still part of my world. This guy is not. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is normal and he's a civilian. And so we're kind of doing some trial and error. And like, it's just interesting because it's my first time doing that. And I have a lot of girlfriends where like their guys say they're cool with things and they act like they are, but then they're not. Um, because they don't, they say they could be. So I'm just like, I'm a little worried about that right now. Um, but, but do I you mean, have with regular friends, like other female, um, I think in LA I had one good friend and, um, that I could have now we didn't talk directly about the business, you know, like adult entertainment and all that we didn't, but I had one particular friend that was a civilian square, I say square, whatever. And she wasn't, she was a hundred percent out of the business, Uh but I have to say she had a level of respect for me and she respected me and she never made me feel uncomfortable, which was a very good thing. Um, But uh, that was so rare, Uh but we, I agree. I mean, it is rare. I I've had, I've had both. I've had, uh, I've had people that have surprised me that have stuck around. Like I have a few friends that, uh, lived with me in Oregon. I went to school with like some girl that I went, I've known since I was in kindergarten, we went to high school together, everything. Um, I would have never thought that she'd be someone that would stick by my side and support me. And she has, and it's, oh, that's uh, good to hear. really great. Like certain mm-hmm. people that have come out the woodwork. And then there's some that I thought would have stayed by my side and they didn't you know and yeah. so it's interesting to know like you know I had some roommates back in Portland when I started camming mm-hmm. and I wasn't originally camming 
prior to being their roommate, but then I started, they did not like me moaning, you know, at certain times during the day, they just, it made them uncomfortable. And so, um, I think that they moved out because of me with that. And so, uh, then after that, I got two roommates and I was very honest with them about what I did from the jump. I said, listen, this is what I do. And they wanted to start doing it. So oddly enough, I, this household, we just started all camming and then we started camming together. Uh, one of them started to strip. I was in a relationship at the time and I was like, I can't. And then we broke up and then she says, start stripping with me. So then we were both stripping. We convinced the other roommate to strip. So then we were all just like this sex worker household. Right. Um, it was really cool. And I took that time for granted uh, because then COVID happened and it shut uh, down. the club. Yeah. Um, and then I was with a sugar daddy for a while uh, just working, hustling to save for LA. And then uh, my agent texted me around June and said, you know, the industry's opening back up. You said you were going to move earlier this year. Like, let's go, let's move. I said, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not stripping anymore. And I've saved enough money. So fuck it, I'll move. And so I did. And then that was that. Now, when you first moved to LA, did you already know other people or how did you get acquainted? I knew some. I was good friends with like Robbie uh, Apples, Robbie Echo. Um, I was friends with Lainey Gray. I was friends with a few people that I knew. um, But I mind you, I was also moving during the pandemic. So I was. Mm, That was such a lonely time. It was hard. It was really hard. I had such a tough time mentally. And it was really rough to the point that my mom, you know, got me my dog uh, that I have because Uh when I got him, it was kind of my whole world changed. And it's like having a child somewhat. So it was, yeah, intense. So now then all my focus was just on that. And that really, I I look at him as as if he kind of saved my life in a way. He was really helpful for me. So, Mm. yeah, no, animals can be, they can ground us. They can ground the right the right pet owner can be grounded. Yeah. You know what I mean? The right pet owner. Cause sometimes there are people, unfortunately that just don't care, but I had a dog, I'm looking at his picture and I had him for 12, 13 years. And, um, it was wonderful. It's, it was great when I had him, unfortunately he passed in February of 2001. And, um, you know, but that, I had that ground, like, <laughs> I had that, yeah. I didn't feel lonely and I didn't, when I, with, with him, the 12 years I had, I didn't feel desperate to be in a relationship and mm-hmm. I felt very safe. Yeah. Like, I got how, so- how old were you? What were your age, ages from when you had that dog? Uh, I want to say 30 years old to 40 years old. Yeah. I'm old. Well, I'm, you don't look it. That's Thank for sure. <laughs> but, uh, I definitely think, you know, that seems like it might have been your soul dog in a way yeah and so, and, and, yeah. and you know it's right after he passed at first I thought I wanted a dog and I kind of well I have cats too and the and the cats are from my daughter you know you know how kids you want an animal or whatever so the cats kind of stopped me and then I don't know the dog I it's amazing how animals are such good therapeutic for us mm-hmm. aren't they? they're such good like I know some people are funny about that or whatever but some you know, sometimes humans, dogs love unconditionally and humans, you know, can be complicated. And sometimes yeah. a girl and her dog or a guy and their dog, like that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in, and, and there's the, the people that think different, I wonder. 
No, I literally, I'm seeing someone right now and I'm about to test the waters on like me bringing my dog over. And it's like, if you can't get with my dog, like that, that's it. Right. You know, like, like yeah. To, yeah. You have and to my get little dog, dog used to, um, he was really, really, he was a little chihuahua. He was black and tan. I named him Ashton after Ashton Kutcher and uh-huh. he would just go crazy on people. <laughs> That's funny. All the time. But, and I missed, I missed that because I, um, he, well, he, I could control him, but with the right person, he would behave. And it was such Uh a test of. Right. Yeah. What type of dog do you have? I have a golden retriever. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Funny enough, I'm actually looking at this right now. I'll show you. One of my fans made this for me. Uh Uh-huh. It's, it's uh, a Funko. It's me and my dog. Oh, I I love it. That's the cutest thing. Yeah. (laughs) oh I love it I had one of my um it's sitting there I can't grab it but it's like these two little teacups and I put it on my wish list and um right when my dog passed one of my fans sent it to me and they like I had two I have actually two things that I'm looking at that fans sent me right when my dog so it's like it's amazing sometimes how they you know you might post or whatever but they come some sometimes they come they come through like at time of need so I cherish it I have like this little memorial over over there and um this cute little teacup and so somebody sent me that it means so much to me when is it no I completely agree I have a few and and honestly Exotica is the place where I've met fans that are like that you know it's been such a special experience to meet fans that you know, look you in the eye and say that they're there for you and that they love your work and they genuinely mean it and they buy you personal gifts that, you know, are detailed to your life. It's, it's really special. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's why I do like, but this last exotic I went to in Jersey, I got drained like I never did before. I was not, I didn't enjoy the last exotic at all. This third person, I don't, it, it was a very weird the v- yeah. okay yeah the vibe was different and I'm kind of even though like I know I need to go because I got to push this podcast um I do enjoy exoticas because as a former stripper for many years I do and me- enjoy meeting and talking to people but I was really really drained and more than- like the fans were drained too it seemed as if like the I don't know if you agree with this and I'm not hating because I love Brazzers, but there was a moment there where Brazzers wasn't involved. And I really liked that vibe because it was like bad dragon was the main one. And it was this, uh, it just seemed more chill. And then when, when Brazzers came in, it just created these crazy lines and it was like just a different type of thing. Like I remember fans being like, yeah, I was caught in there for like three hours. It's like, dang, you know, like that. That takes a lot of time out of the day, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, it was something weird and it was off. I was more by the loyal fans, but a little bit down. And um, I do notice this, though, because the prices were up for a lot of stuff for the tickets and all that. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's the factor and the inflation. And I get it, like... (laughs) Because I was analyzing my bills and I saw the price of food and I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. But Uh um, it just was it wasn't the same as it normally was. And I didn't make money like I normally did. I made money on Saturday, Friday. It was spotty Um, Sunday. You know, usually I make well over a scene rate every Mm -hmm. day and it wasn't. 
and and also easily like i don't have to really worry about it like it's like boom 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 and then right. this one was uh saturday was good and then i just remember the other days weren't and um yeah i i really do have to just say overall i felt the energy was off and then yeah. i didn't go to dc which usually i went to the first dc ever and i enjoyed it and i went to the second one i heard negative reviews about dc as well wow so, yeah, yeah. I, last year I went to D.C. and I just um, a lot. Of, I felt kind of disrespected in D.C. where Jersey, Chicago, Chicago, last Chicago. I had a very, very good experience. And I was yeah. like, now I know, like, because of my demographics, like I, I, I kind of have to push myself to do Chicago. I, I really do. But um, it it just what you felt is exactly the way I felt. And I'm glad you're being honest um, about it, because like, uh, you know, it's sometimes you notice sometimes as in this business, you feel like alone a certain way. And somebody's like, this is so easy. This is, mm-hmm. the, you know, and I'm like, can somebody be real? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so it, I, what you felt was exactly how I felt. I felt drained and then I didn't make the money and see, I pay for a booth and the booth went up by $200. And then when oh, I, wow. yeah, like I was like, wait a minute, I'm paying you know, um, cause I had a makeup artist. I brought my assistant. Um, it adds up, man. I mean, it, it's yeah. Yeah. It, it really adds does. up. And then, you know, and then I'm, I'm not trying to complain, but like, you know, this is a business and this is how I survive and how I, you know what I mean? Well, let me be- ask you this. So uh-huh. are you, do you go to ABN? Or are you going to X3? No, I, I, I was at first going to go to ABN and then, um, my good friend, of uh, 20 something years she just wasn't feeling go- like ready to go and I wanted to go with her because it's more her thing I've never I've done every form of sex work except for been in a professional production so I I'm more of a creator and I feel like xbiz because of the networking is more important so avn is kind of not, which I should go but um and I would want to push my po- podcast but it's like you know, um, this year I've been through a lot. My grandfather died and then I had surgery and then it was like, I was like, okay, I just kind of need a break, you know? Yeah. And I understand. Yeah. 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 I had surgery this year as well. I had two medical things happen to me and, um, I had, uh, my stepdad got diagnosed with terminal cancer. I, there, there's, I just, you know, everyone that I speak to and you included, uh, everyone just went through it last year. Like I just, yeah. I, I, it's interesting. Like everybody just didn't have that good a year. I have one friend, uh, my friend, Jane Wild. She's like, I had a great year, you know? And I was like, well, that's great. You know, <laughs> but uh, a lot of other people didn't. It was interesting. Yeah. No, yeah. I did. My grandfather who was 92, I, my, he refused a caregiver. So I was going back in Florida to Florida. Mm-hmm. Thank God, you know, and from New York to Florida. So I was going back assisting my mom, my sister who lives in Florida, wasn't helping she had every excuse not to so but I was doing that that was draining and financially draining on me and then um me doing this podcast and everything it 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 does like take a toll and when you're in this business and you're trying to take care of family or be there for family and then when you have like an OnlyFans page on top of everything else and you're trying to maintain it 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 you know we're humans and we care about our family. We have, fa- we love our family and we want to be there, but we we're self-employed at the end of the day. And yeah. we have to, you know, we're not disappearing if we go somewhere, we have real stuff. And, you know, 
um, I've just started announcing stuff on my fan pages mm-hmm. when they happen. I'm like, I'm, I, and I won't announce it so much on Twitter. Um, yeah. But I will announce stuff when. Peer crew uh, subscribers that need to know what, what's happening. Yeah. 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 And then for surgery this year, I had um, my implants taken out of tw- after 26 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. that was, um, I had them in, I got them in in 1997. And Mm -hmm. took them out just recently because it was time and I didn't really want to announce it beforehand. I was telling Mm -hmm. some people Exotica, but then a fan's like, you're not going to do that. And I'm like, no, I had to do it. Yeah, you you, eventually you you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Let me ask you, did you, you're done with implants? Are you going to get new ones? I have a very, I had a very, very good doctor. Mm -hmm. And, um. In my day, things were a lot different. Um, I regret, this is what I regret, and I'll share with you because you're, how old? You're in your 20s, right? I'm about to turn 28 uh, in a few days. Okay, you're so. you're young still. I'll share with you, like, I feel like a, I have a daughter your age, so I feel like a mom telling you this. In my day, because I'm kind of want to preach to you, in my day, um, in the strip clubs, we had to be super thin, and I was a naturally Latina curvy girl. And I regret getting liposuction of my hips. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to get implants, which I had a child at a young age and kind of to fill them out. And I got the implants and I got Mm -hmm. lipo of my hips, which I really, really regret. Mm -hmm. And I got them in and I had a second kid. My, you know, had my 19 year old daughter and um, I got too busy raising my children to get the surgery done before and now like both of them are adults and I got it and I don't regret the implants Mm -hmm. um I took them out and I had to get a lift but my doc I was the great doctor told me this she I I go what about other implants she goes you don't need them I go what do you mean I don't need them what do I mean she goes you're a d or a double I'm a so without implants I'm a double d (laughs) oh wow okay yeah yeah, I don't need them then yeah I was like oh wow I don't need them and then you know like, I'm glad I had them when I did because it certainly made me money. But now I tell younger people, like, enjoy your body without plastic surgery. Yeah, 100%. Don't, don't feel the need. Even though I love coming from an old broad like me, um, <laughs> you know, I love plastic surgery. But I tell a lot of younger people, don't don't feed into societies like what you think you need to get. Enjoy if you're. You know, if it's interesting are- too to watch like the the uh Fads. the trends, the yeah. trends of the bodies. Like we look back on it like the nineties and like it was, you know, the flat, small, tight butt with the big, big fake boobs and the smaller like I remember growing up and I had my friends had big butts and I didn't. And I remember crying to my mom and saying, I want a big butt, why don't I have that? And her just oh. being very confused, being like, Well, you don't want a big butt, Lily. You want a small, a small tight butt. That's what's attractive. You don't want this big butt. And I mm-hmm. said, no, that's what all the guys want. That's, that is what, you know, you're supposed to have. And she's like, that's not true. And then now, you know, we see with the Kardashians and, you know, this big like uproar of the BBLs. And I do believe that we will see a big crash of the BBLs. Oh, there we are seeing that now with the Ozempic, the Ozempic yeah, and so the semi-glutide. Yeah. And everybody and their sister are getting their tits done right now. It's very interesting. Um, I personally, because I've fluctuated weight, like I've been, 
155 pounds and I've been 97 pounds. So I've been two very different types of body types mm-hmm. over the years. I've watched my mother fluctuate a lot. She was a bodybuilder. So she had a breast reduction. She had really, really big boobs. Um, she got a breast reduction, I think, pre-2008. And mm-hmm. it was when they did the big scarring, like removed the whole nipple, you know, mm, all of that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, just went through a lot. And I, I'm just terrified, like, of, of getting sick. Like, I see girls like Carmen Karma or um, I'm trying to think of another example, but, like, where you get that disease. Like, not disease, but, like, where you're constantly, like, lethargic and you feel sick all the time. You yeah, the breast talking? implant. Yeah. When I was, so I've that. had them a long time. I luckily I didn't have any complications, but it was just like my doctor made a video about <laughs> my doctor made a video with me about taking them out and advice about taking them out. And because I broke her record with the longest implants in, but if you do <laughs> get implants, you need it, you know, like I said, like if you fear, if you have this fear or whatever, don't feel pressured by other people. No, totally. <laughs> And it's I even working. have what was crazy is yeah. recently in New York, this is probably about a year or two ago. I um there was a girl that I met with. I thought we were gonna like do content collab or whatever, and it turned into kind of toxic. But and I was kind of after a while, I was kind of like honored. She's like, Yeah, you don't have a big ass, you need a bigger ass. You need she kept on telling me this. Wow, and that's I just so rude. It was rude, but then I realized yeah. then I, I and a, but then the younger version of me when like 25 years ago was like, Wow. I don't have that big, you know, because I, what I faced 25 years ago when you have a big butt, you can't work here or you're going to have to work mid shift, yeah. your butt's round, you know, and, and, uh, and me begging to get my ass. See, that's what my mom was talking about was the, yeah. the no, probably, no her, yeah. probably, um, how old is your mom? May I ask? My mom is the last year of the baby boomer. So she is 50. She's born in 1964. Oh, okay. So, she's old. She's my aunt's yeah. age then. Okay. I yeah. thought she was like closer to my age. Well, I had my kids young. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that time period when your mom was around mm-hmm. was probably when I was started dancing and it was not a thing. You had to right. be small. Like, mm-hmm. so what she was telling you was her day. And I guess when, you know, like, and that's the thing, you're going to see trends and, mm-hmm. you know, as as females um, or any type of person or whatever, we've got to kind of fight that body dysmorphia somehow and, and be real and be who we are. And Lord knows, do I have it? I think it's really, uh, if, if someone in this industry doesn't have body dysmorphia, that would be really shocking to me. And I would like to study their brain to know what they do to make sure they don't have that. I think most humans do have it. I think in the society in general, especially being a woman growing up, it's so hard. Yeah. I, I think about like girls right now, like when I was growing up, you, I had like some beauty standards to look up and live up to. But now if you were growing up as like a 12 year old girl going mm-hmm. on social media, all that you see, it's not real, you know? And I just, I, that would mess with your head so greatly. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. It's, no, it's it, it does. And then being in this industry, it does mess with your head. And, but we have to somehow like, I don't know for me, uh, like it one time, constant I po- work, you know, right? One time therapy. I posted a picture and I was in a dress that it was more like bigger, you know, it was the dress was the material, and mm-hmm. right away I get a comment, fat is fat, like that. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, 
Yeah. Trolls are just the worst. And I, yeah, I think that's something that I have worked really hard to get better at, to not like uh, feed into when people make rude comments like that. But sometimes it's hard not to. I mean, we're still human. Like we say, it hurts to be told mean things about ourselves. I did a podcast with Alexis Texas. And she told me straight up that she does not look at rude comments about herself. She goes, I don't do it. She goes, I don't look through the feeds. I don't scroll through. She goes, I just, because I've done the dance before and I don't need to do that to myself anymore. And I'm just like, well, I'm like, I guess I'm not at that point yet. Like I still do look. I I feel like though, because the pressure with social media is like engagement. Like you kind of have to answer back the comments. Right. Sometimes because with Meta, I know it helps with um, like I have a real big Facebook page. It's I don't know how I blew it up. It's- yeah, that's interesting. I don't have a Facebook page. Yeah, for- I ha- I've yeah. had it. I've had it. It's like I blew it up and from 2020 and it went up to 800,000. And um, and then I make money off Meta, which is crazy for somebody being this. Can I ask? Can I ask? Because no, I don't think a lot of people do Facebook. So, do you, have you had the same type of discrimination on Instagram on Facebook? Or well, I, I play it super, super clean. Okay, I'm like yeah. a church mouse. Okay, I am yeah. so. If anybody wants to go to my socials and see, like people don't, um, people don't really know. And I, what happened was I just got verified before people started paying there. I got verified in 2021 organically. And since day one of being in the industry, like from the moment I started dancing, I always knew like, Hey, I need to look up for a way out. Like Uh I always went to school. I always, so when I got verified, I took social media very, very um, serious because you know, I saw like, hey, I can do a different type of business. I can get out. I could, you know, I do admire Kim Kardashian, but um, because she, hey, she made one sex video and look at her now. You know, right. what I'm saying? so money is money at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. I was a stripper for many years. And the only reason I turned to stripping was I couldn't get any other job. So uh-huh. um, I just, for me, I'm a little bit nutso with Meta. And Meta is, if anybody's out there, Facebook threads. Uh-huh. And IG. So um, that's why it's a little bit different for me because I I'm a little nutso when it comes to. Uh-huh. But that being said, in order to grow my Facebook page, I need to answer these comments. And yeah. I, you know, at one point I had my 19 um, year old helping me with the comp because it's Facebook. OK. Uh-huh. And she's asking me. um you know, for money. And I'm like, okay, well, mom's going to put you to work. You, this is what you're going to do. And, you know, I wouldn't dare have my kid on OnlyFans. Um, right. But I'll, she, you know, she, she Facebook wanted- page is no big deal. Yeah. Right. Right. But then she couldn't even take it. She's like, oh, mom, I can't, mom. They, five people asked to marry you. I'm, I think this is awkward. That's um, cute. So, you know, that's why, you know, there's a part of social media that we do have to answer back comments. We do kind of have to check our page to see if anybody tags us or certain things, yeah. you know, so you do have to kind of look because also, you know, when you when you have assistance, you go through some you might have a good assistance for a year or two and then something happens, you know, when yeah. they disappear. So also like that or, you know, um, finances, you know how it is with. Yeah. 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 So that's that's. But that's smart. Alexis Texas does that. I wish I. Um... I'm sure she has someone that 
look through her comments for her. She probably hires an assistant. She probably right. doesn't, you know, take the time to do it because she can have someone to do it for her. You know, yeah, I, I would assume. But, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't yeah. have that. So I I, 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 I have, um, somebody that just helps me post stuff on, um, cause I, I try posting daily on OnlyFans and then loyal fans. I really can't figure out, but I've been making money on it and I, I appreciate loyal. What can fans. you not figure out? Cause I haven't started yet, but I was thinking about it. Cause I have some like content that I can't put on OnlyFans that I could put on there um i'm just i have them upload the videos or my pictures so that's what it is so i just pay somebody to upload it and they handle everything for me and they're mm-hmm. you know yeah because after a while it got to be like too many um i like loyal fans because every time you upload there's you get visibility um they have a very good without advertising you could grow Every time uh-huh. you list a video, but I just don't. Same thing with many vids. Um, I kind of stopped with many vids because I was like, oh, hold on. I'm not making enough money. This is they, they take a lot. Yeah. It's, like, it's not cool. It's yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. So loyal fans, though, I like because I'm making money because all I got to do is post. It's not me posting. Uh-huh. Um, I know how to answer the DMs um, and that's what I do. But when it comes to posting, that's where I'm confused. Like, I'm like, huh, right. what am I doing? So. Right. You know, like it's, of course, when I started my OnlyFans back in 2018, I remember it was so, I would just post a couple photos, but now that's, that's now that's it's, what I used to do. I had one back in uh, 2018 too. So we're the OGs way back yeah, then. Yeah. Before anybody like, but I remember the first fans like coming. Oh, wow. Wow. Look at this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how, how things like that make us happy. So what, um. You're in Los Angeles. We know you hike. What other activities do you like to do, like, on your day off that you say clears your head, makes you feel like you? Um, I love just hanging out with my dog. Um, I love watching stupid reality TV from Bravo. Um, I do smoke a lot of weed. I love to hang out with my girlfriends. I love going to really nice restaurants. I love eating good food. Um, I work, What's your I, favorite I, type of food? I like sushi a lot. I'm oh, you do? yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you've got good places yeah. over there in LA yeah my favorite is Kitsuya they have a few of them in different parts of LA and it's fabulous it's really really good food. oh yeah I love the um Koreatown Korean barbecue oh yeah Korea I just had that yesterday um oh you did where'd you go oh gosh it's well it, technically it's Japanese barbecue uh uh-huh. I was corrected on that once I did not know it was a Gaikuko, uh, G-Y-U dash. Oh, I know where that, that's good. Yeah, it's so good. I love that place. They have this like cheesy corn dish that comes out in a skillet. Mm -hmm. God, that is one of my favorite dishes. But that is, um, because my oldest lived in Korea. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a Korean dish, I believe. Oh, yeah? I believe, but so... I don't know. I had an Asian person correct me on me saying Korean barbecue, that place. She was like, that's not Korean barbecue. That's Japanese barbecue. And I said, okay. So I just was like, all right. But (laughs) I know they they do have. Could have been both. Right, right. Could have been a mixture because, yeah, they, I don't really know. um, Well, I do know a little bit about Korea, though, because of my daughter living there. Oh, cool. But uh, 
Oh, I. She's not I, living in. You're talking about Koreatown, LA, that she lived. No, in, right? she lived in Korea, in South Korea. Oh wow! Oh, so, amazing! That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I didn't realize. And, okay. Yeah, she lived in Korea. In fact, right now she's in Seoul, Korea, visiting as we speak. Um, oh wow! Till the tenth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because her girlfriend is from. Uh, Korea and mm-hmm. um they're over there now and normally she's finishing up at a university of Austin over there um oh. but uh yeah she I kind of um I'm a good mother where I subliminally <laughs> she was the one that I could manipulate I said mm-hmm. that one day because I, I wanted my kids again I wanted her to like go and explore and I said hey you know you can go to Japan and get paid to to teach English and she looked into it you know, I just dropped it in her ear. I didn't force her. I didn't say do this. I dropped it in her ear. Um, and then she looked into it and then she went to Korea. And so she lived there for a couple of years before she went to law school. You know, it's so interesting how that type of delivery and communication really does work because I'm in anger management right now. And <laughs> um, that's something I currently like decided to try to manage in my life because yeah. uh, my mom's an angry person. And then I'm just notice I'm more and more like my mother and I'm just like, let's try to get a handle on that. Um, And uh, one of the things that the lady said is, you know, no one wants to be told what to do. Like you should do this, you do this. If you kind of use, she said, technically it's manipulative, but if you use language in a way to guide someone in a way of thinking and they thought of it themselves, because someone wants to think of something themselves. So if you were like, do a little suggestion and then they come to you and go, I think that this is a good idea, but you originally were the one that kind of. Yeah. Gave it to them. Yeah. You no, know, that is how that works. So I, I love that because that is a really great way of parenting in a way that isn't well, like, she, she you know, was, she was the easy one. I was in anger management too. That's why I laugh. I didn't mean to be, but cause I've taken it. And I think anger yeah. management is really good for mm-hmm. all people. People are probably like, well, what the hell's wrong with, but it, it <laughs> it's really good. If you know that you could get angry to a point and you realize that about yourself, you should seek it out. So to, and prevent yourself for bad case scenarios in future. Yeah. It's just like such a good coping mechanism to take anger management. If you know, you have that in you. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, she was an easy one to do where my youngest is harder. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know if it's because the youngest is an Aries, uh, like, but that one, I'm, you know, like your mom said, she wanted you to be in the sorority. My thing was, I wanted my kids to go out and see more of the world. And they, uh-huh. cause I haven't, I've only been to like Canada and, and Bahamas. That's it. Um, I'm dying to go to Europe, but you know, yeah, I did that with her and she was more receptive, but the, the little one now I'm with the little one, I'm telling her with college because you know, now college doesn't mean everything like uh-huh. the way it was for me. I'm telling her, well, just get two years in, or if you see a technical degree, take the technical degree opposed to like, you should do this. You give us. Yeah. I hope you get to go to Europe. I, I got to go recently and um, it just changed my life. I just really realized I was like, uh, this is what everyone's talking about when they say to travel to Europe. Like, I get it now, you know, because I would have people oh. be like, oh, you know, Europe is so amazing, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I went and I went, oh, OK, I get Where it. Where did you get you to know? go? 
Um, I shot for Dorsal out in Paris uh-huh. uh, this, this oh. year. That was the one highlight of my year because I got to go to Europe. So okay. I, I, looking back on my last year, that that is my only great thing I got to do that I really am so grateful that I got to do that. So I got to go to Europe, got to go to Paris, uh, shot for them there, stayed an extra week. And I went to Disneyland uh, Paris as oh. well. That was fun. And then I spent about 32 hours in Amsterdam. And to be honest, I wish I would have spent my whole time in Amsterdam because that 32 hours was unreal. I just really love that city. And I cried getting there, being there, leaving. What did you get to do in New um, Amsterdam? I said New Amsterdam. What did you get to do in Amsterdam? Well, I I landed and I immediately went to a smoke coffee shop uh-huh. and so I immediately just sat down and started smoking and then I went and got some amazing fondue and there's cats uh-huh. like running through the cafe I went and to a sex museum I went on a ferry tour of all the canals I uh went and saw a live sex show at Moulin Rouge I uh walked and walked and walked I went to a farmer's market I went to more smoke shops I ate some more food I went back to the Swiss fondue place and ate more right before my train. I did so much in that 32 hours. And then I uh, only slept for like four. And the whole time I was sleeping, I remember I kept waking up being like, you're wasting time. But it's like, the it, it was night. So I needed to sleep. Oh, <laughs> night. And that was a work trip turned like little bit of... Like pleasure after. The, yeah. How was mm-hmm. the sex show? Because like... <laughs> you know, okay. So here's the thing. It's like, I watch hot people have sex all the time. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like shocking to me to right. watch people have sex. It was more the scenario that was kind of bizarre. Like uh, this girl, she comes out and she's in a red cloak and she's holding the apples, kind of snow white, you know, uh-huh. she's, you know, going around all of our tables and there's smoke and it's this like ominous music. And then all of a sudden a man comes out and he has an ax fake axe and then he's wearing timberlands and boxers and he's like chasing her around the wow the, the so it's really a live performance yeah yeah and then once he got to her he started fucking her and fucking her to the beat and uh there's no come you know obviously because they have to keep you know doing wow it so the guy night. can't even finish no no and, and some guy from hungary was explaining that to me he's like there's no come you know he's, he's <laughs> like yeah i get it they have to keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Wow. Like in an artistic way, I would love to see that because like um, I love feature dancing. I've with this podcast, I discovered about burlesque. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my prior episodes I did. I don't know if you know who Laura Desiree, but we had I had a great episode with her. I've always Mm -hmm. loved stand up comedy. So I admire that because I like live performances. I'm I'm not a music person because of all the years of stripping, but I would like yeah. to see it because of the aspect of the live performance. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's that that to me sounds interesting. I don't think I would get turned on because again, we you know how we we've been in this business so long. I think I would be like, oh, look at that, beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to watch, you know. But it's not something where all of a sudden I'm getting a tingle in my vagina. You know, that's not happening. Right. I did go to the Kinky Rabbit party. I don't know if you're familiar with those. No, it's what is like- that? It's a, like a sex party in LA and they host them in these big mansions and they're pretty exclusive and you have to, you know, usually if you don't know people, you have to pay a good amount of money to get in and um, there it's, it's, it's something else. It's well, like, you I know, bet you when I was in, when I lived in LA, I went to a lot of fun private swinger parties 
like the- so it's like that it's oh, like okay. that but it's like for the elite beverly hills oh, like okay so like I you never have heard a lot of, of rich people and like you can't have your phone out like you take your phone in the beginning of the night and hide mm-hmm. it in this box and all the women are dressed just like very elegantly and so like for new year's they had a girl in the big champagne glass doing the burlesque show like very dita von Teese and um yeah and they they did like a big sex show with three dudes on her afterwards and then it the whole party just turned into this huge orgy and it was something else (laughs) it was it was crazy yeah la has more i felt like the swinger scene was more in la Mm -hmm. um like i've seen a lot of crazy stuff yeah (laughs) but it was something else yeah yeah la that's what i do miss though is because i did because I've always been in the adult entertainment and like I said, it's so hard to mm-hmm. make friends. I kind of joined the swinger scene only because that was my way to make friends that I, cause I just wanted to be honest who I am. Like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And yeah. That's how I want to be. I just don't feel like hiding stuff from people. I don't tell, I don't like to tell people like what I make and stuff. I'm funny about that because I feel like my, my money pays my bills and that's yeah. nobody's business. Not anybody. No, my parents raised me to never talk about that type of stuff. Yeah. 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 And my father did too, but um, I wanted that openness and that's what LA does have where New York is. I don't, you know, it's not, it's not open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I miss the hiking and the swinger scene in LA. <laughs> I love that. The, the the two things and it wasn't like oh because I'm going to a party to go get my rocks off it was I'd go to a party and I'd bump into people that are gonna like acknowledge who I am and there was no like cattiness or no um and then be, I love the fact that swingers like you said no cameras mm-hmm. like yeah. no phones nothing and yeah. yeah yeah I like that because in this day and age don't you feel like it's too much sometimes over it I, I think about what it would be like if I grew up in the time period that my mom did where like you know there wasn't that you know I just wish that you know because that's all I've ever known really is yeah being recorded when you're drunk you make being an idiot of yourself and then watch then waking up and seeing it on snapchat and you're like great you know and I wish that I grew up in an era where that wasn't the case you know but yeah that's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I grew up in half of the era where it wasn't the case, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't, but um, yeah, it's a very weird because Snapchat's been around a long time, like 2012, 13. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been around. And my stepdad, he was a he's a software engineer. So growing up, if I ever deleted anything off Snapchat, if anyone ever sent a video, like it was never just a snap video. Like he could pull up HTML coding and then pull up all the Oh man. So I was always grounded. I was always getting caught. It was not fun. (laughs) Oh man, they they went hard. (laughs) Yeah. And eventually around like 17, my stepdad was like, all right, Lil, I'm I'm done with the, you know, I got you moments. Like Mm -hmm. we'll just kind of let you do your thing you know, which was nice. Um, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I my... did be grounded one more time uh, before I was 18, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's as parents, you have to do that. And that's good about, you know, like boundary you have to, because you, you're like liable, which I went through with my youngest daughter, but once she turned 18, I let her be. And, um, now what's weird is, um, 
like we were tracking each other with the iPhone, my youngest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she, for some reason, her phone can't. And she, I had to go pay for the 360, that that app 360. Yeah, <laughs> she goes, weird. Get the app 360 so you can see where I'm at all the time. And I'm thinking, girl, when you were under 18, you used to just take off and disappear. Now, what the hell happened? Like, Yeah, didn't want to know. Well, didn't didn't want to know. Now, now it's like, it's opposite. Yeah. That's <laughs> It's kind of sweet, though. My mom, yeah, we've changed a lot. You know, my mom said I was the devil from age 12 to 20. Uh-huh. And then she said when I turned 20 years old, it was like I, I was a better new person. So those teen years, like 13. It's the hormones. To, hormones. Yeah, she goes, you were evil. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I the know. hormones. Something for, yeah. I I went through that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lily, th- it was so nice talking to you. And um, I love how we're having like a regular talk. We're just being human and we're talking. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, can you let my audience know where they could find you at? Yes. So um, my only fans is Lily underscore Bell XXX. And that's L-I-L-L-Y-B-E-L-L. And then my Twitter is at your fave Lil. And then my Instagram is bell of the underscore ball. And my name is Marcella Alonso. If you'd like to see this episode and many more episodes, you can go to marcellasobella.com and subscribe to my Patreon. You can also follow me on Facebook, IG, and YouTube, all Marcella Sobella. My Twitter is Marcella with one L underscore L-U-V. Thank you so much again for coming on Get Schooled.